welcome to another episode of the Stuttering is Cool podcast. I'm your host, Daniela Rossi. You can call me Danny. Coming to you from Toronto in Canada as per usual. Have you ever written a letter to your stutter? My guest today did. James Hayden is a three-time Survivor applicant. Yes, the TV show. And he wrote a whole bunch of open letters to to recipients about his stuttering, um, such as his 10-year-old self, his parents, his sister, his speech therapist, and the first girl who saw past his stuttering. And he put them all in a book called Dear World, I Stutter. So, welcome to Stutter- welcome to the Stuttering School podcast, James. Yes, thank you for having me, Danny. Appreciate it. This is one of those instances in the history of my podcast where I have no idea of the guest <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm going that I'm about to interview. A lot of times I get to know them beforehand, mm-hmm. but once you know, once every so often I get a message. Hey, I'd love to come on to your to your show. So you're one of them. <laughs> so uh, the listener gets to um, find out all about you as I do. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me take a drink of water here. Um, didn't really prepare for this show, except I'm really intrigued about your book. So what made you, I guess, first of all, write, or where did the idea of writing 25 open letters to your stuttering or about your stuttering? Actually, why don't we start with you telling us about yourself? Okay, so um, <laughs> and then name, we'll get into your idea. <laughs> okay, so my name is James Hayden. I'm 24 years old. Um, I currently work part time for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Oh. Um, yeah, I've been doing that part time since November. I'm kind of in between jobs right. I'm in between jobs right now. Um, I was the job I was working at. I left back in October. So I've for the past few months just kind of been in a state of flux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been there so many yeah. times. <laughs> in but fact, I have a couple of episodes about that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you were saying it, it's been good. Uh, so about me, oldest of two, I am the only person in my family that stutters. Um, I am a Saints fan, as <laughs> Danny mentioned in the intro. I'm a Survivor super fan. Been watching that since I was twelve years old. Um, I enjoy reading. Uh, writing, and if you have told me a year ago I would be a published author, I would have said that's never going to happen. <laughs> like, never thought this this would happen. So, uh, how did so you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to answer. So, uh, the book came about. Um, I actually started around around this time of last year. Uh, so at my old job, I kind of knew that it wasn't something I wanted to be at long term, and I was just kind of figuring out, okay, what's that next step? Yeah. Uh, and when I'm trying to figure out the next step, I guess lectured, uh, you know, a few times um, at LSU. I did an open house for the Baton Rouge chapter of the National Stuttering Association, and I realized I enjoy talking about stuttering. I'm passionate about it, about breaking the different stigmas associated with stuttering. So I figured, how can I turn this into something? Um, in between that time, um, I, I decided just to, to get my story out there with stuttering about how I 
stutter when I was little. Didn't there was a period about six years when I didn't stutter at all, or stuttered very rarely, I should say. And then around high school, my stutters uh, returned. So I wanted to get that story out there. So um, I just wrote it one night, just for the heck of it. Uh, sent it off to get published to the mighty. Didn't really think much of it, and I figured if it gets published, great. If it doesn't, at least I can say I tried and it's in writing. So whatever. Uh, April of last year, I got an email saying that my story was published. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is pretty cool. Never would have thought that would happen. Um, so I got good reviews. And I found that I enjoyed writing about my stuttering. It was a cathartic for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a cathartic process. Allowing myself to put uh, down on paper things I have thought for years but never talked to anyone about. Did that and then uh, wrote some more articles, got some more positive feedback from it. And it just kind of evolved into the book. Because a lot of what I wanted to write about was in the form of open letters. And so... April, May, June of last year, a lot of time I would just think of things I wanted to write about, write, write everything during weekends and nights, just write, and just write, write, write. And back, that happened from like, maybe it's like May till August, September. Around September I started the editing phase, then when I left my job in October, I had all this free time available. So I just sat and formatted and edited, and December 4th my book was published. And wow. It's been out for two months now. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about what um, what listeners should would expect um, from your book? Yeah, so it's a series of twenty-five open letters to uh, different people that have been or will be on my journey with stuttering. As you mentioned, mm. my 10-year-old self, my parents, to my speech therapist. Uh, I write to my stutter, to other people that stutter, uh, to the first person to tell me that I never should apologize for the fact that I stutter. And I also write to, to my future self. I write to my future wife, my future kids, and my future self. Um, I describe it as an honest and, and vulnerable look into the, the heart and soul of someone that stutters. I just put pretty much my heart into this book. Yeah. And I think it's a great way for people to get one view of stuttering or for people that don't know that much about stuttering to, to remove the stigmas from it or to see how someone can view stuttering because it's not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. it, also, it also sounds like uh, your book is a great example of... Um, you never know what impact someone could have on someone. So, right. for instance, you had mentioned, you know, you've written a, you know, one of the letters is to the person that told you that you should never apologize for your stuttering or that other mm -hmm. chapter, um, uh, the one about, you know, your uncle who told you to go back to speech therapy. Yeah. Um, would you like to share some of those stories? Yeah. So the one to my uncle, it was... Uh, I remember it was the spring. It was spring break of my sophomore year of college, so March of 2013. So about 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 five years ago now. Um, it was spring break, and my uncle and I were driving to the Pelicans game. For those of that don't know, the Pelicans are the 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 NBA team in the oh, New Orleans okay. area. So basketball. So <laughs> yes, yeah, we were driving to a basketball game, 
And um, he we're driving one night, and he just kind of looks at me and says, "Hey, you need to, you should maybe negotiate what uh, USM that was the college I went to, what they have to offer in terms of speech therapy." Mm. And it was one of those things that when your parents say something, you just kind of ignore them. But when your <laughs> uncle says the same thing, what's else that like that you like, that you love and care for says the same thing, like maybe I should check into that. Mm. Because for the previous two years, my parents were saying, you need to go back to speech therapy, go see what they have to offer, et cetera, et cetera. And being the good son I am, I said, I'll get to that when pigs fly, hell freezes over, <laughs> et cetera. Uh, because, I wasn't, <laughs> because I wasn't at that point where I wanted to admit or accept, admit to myself or accept the fact that I stutter. Hmm. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't talk about it. It was that elf in the room that we all ignored. And when my uncle mentioned the same things, like, okay, maybe I knew, maybe I do need to go check this out. And I was hoping that USM wouldn't have anything. I would just go. They would tell me that not much we could do, and I could just appease everyone. That didn't happen because they actually had a therapy program, and I started uh, my oh, junior darn. year of college, and probably the best decision I made. Oh, One of the best decisions I've ever made was to go back to speech therapy. And then... Um, the other one you mentioned to the person that says I should never have to apologize. It was uh, high school. It was my, my, my senior year of high school when uh, stuttering just started to come back. And it was after a daily mass. Uh, so went, went to mass and I was you know picking up the altar and whatnot. And I turned to the priest and I said, hey, um, I know I was reading during mass and I apologize for stuttering. Looks at me is like James. You have nothing to apologize for. Like, why are we even having this conversation? That's just a part of who you are. No big deal. And he just kind of moved on. And in that moment, I really didn't think much of it. Mm. But looking back, seven years later, I can see just the impact it's had. Because I've never once have, have apologized since. Yeah. Because of the fact that I stutter. And it's so hard not to apologize when you first become, you know, comfortable with it, with your stuttering, overt, and all that stuff. I remember mm -hmm. I went through this whole phase. It was so hard for me to stop, like, uh, to successfully stop myself from saying, oh, sorry, I just stuttered. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just never felt, I haven't felt the need to apologize. And nice. I think that's the only time I've ever apologized for my stutter. I just felt for some reason I need to apologize. Yeah. And he looks at me and he's like, why are you doing this? You have nothing to apologize for. And, mm -hmm. and I'm forever grateful for that conversation. Great stuff. So, so now that you're in between jobs, um, I guess you're looking. Um, I don't want to say looking forward to job interviews because no one looks forward to job no. interviews. But I guess you're a lot more relaxed or more confident walking into job interviews without worrying about your stuttering or even apologizing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, because I really don't mention the fact that I stutter. I just kind of figure people will pick it up along the way. Mm -hmm. But I'm not opposed to 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 them ask me a question about it. Yeah. On my resume that I sent them, I did mention that I've been been published a few times that I wrote this book. So it is out there in a way. Of yeah. they, it's a so they do know going into it. But it's not something that I dread. Like the way I see it, stuttering is just one of the many parts that makes me me. It yeah. doesn't make me it doesn't define me. Yeah. What was it like for you growing up stuttering? Oh uh, so growing up, like I mentioned, I was the only one that the yeah. only person in my family that stuttered. So I really didn't have that person that like would get it, and someone I could talk to that gets it. Uh, so from uh, about the ages of about the age of five to ten, eleven, 
I stuttered, but I became more fluent as time progressed. That's to the point when I was 11, 12 years old, you couldn't tell I stuttered. I didn't consider myself a person that stuttered, and we were good. And during that time, pretty much everyone was okay with it. It really wasn't mentioned. Very suddenly was I picked on in school for it. It was just, oh, this is this is just part of James. No big wow, deal. Wow, you're lucky. I mean, yeah, I realize how fortunate I am that <laughs> I remember, jealous. you know, three times that I got picked on because of that stutter yeah. from ages of five to about 11, 12 years old. Wow. And then in high school, um, really didn't, I rarely stuttered, if at all. Uh, so you can tell I stuttered, and I did not consider myself a person who stuttered. Uh, senior year of high school, back in 2010, uh, my stutter returned, and my parents and I just figured it was nerves, cause I, nerves, excitement about graduating high school, moving to a new state, begin college, all these changes. But once I got adjusted and got used to, to college and all my surroundings, fluency will return and no big deal. Mm. Um, obviously, that, that didn't happen. Yes, we're having this conversation right now, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but it was growing up. It really wasn't that bad stuttering. I, it, I mean, it was stuttering wasn't one of those things I got picked on a lot. It wasn't the worst thing ever. Like my teachers were very accommodating to it. Other kids in the class, for the most part, were accommodating to it. Really wasn't that big of an issue for me growing up. Just one of those things that that happen yeah. when I talk. However, enough for you to write twenty-five open lead lead. So how did that come about? Like, how do you like? How did that happen then? Because it kind of seems like I, I really gotta watch my words here carefully. I don't want to say that stuttering didn't seem like a big deal. I guess, 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 guess maybe that that's my uh, question. When did stuttering become, I guess, an issue <laughs> for I, yourself? Uh, I think more so my. The Girls. second go round, because <laughs> yeah. now like I knew what it was, uh, I didn't know when it stuttered. Um, to go back to speech therapy was very hard for me, because okay. one of those things that I had to admit to myself that I stuttered, because in uh, the first go round when I was in elementary school and high school, it was this cool thing I could go to speech therapy, I would get out of school early, and for the most part, I get to 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 get out of school early, go to speech therapy. It was okay, but then the second time I was out of state, really didn't have, like I had, I, I had my friends there, but I didn't want to talk about stuttering. I didn't want to go back to speech therapy. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, so when I first started to go back to speech therapy, the second go round, like I had, like I made sure no one knew. If I told you, you were like the closest of close friends, and you had to promise and not tell anyone that that I was going back. Yeah. Because I was just I. Because I always had doubt, like, oh, I, I'm okay with the fact that I stutter. It's no big deal when I really wasn't okay with yeah. it. And I didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to acknowledge it, didn't want to do anything with it. But now going when I'm back to speech therapy, get involved with the NSA, now it's just let's have these conversations. I'm more than okay with talking. And that's when you were <laughs> starting yeah. to become okay. Was was it because of the, the, uh, the NSA, the community? Um. I think it goes, uh, yes, and it also goes back to going back to speech therapy. Um, mm. Yes, I learned how to become more fluent in different techniques, but it's also more of how just being okay with the fact that I stutter and learning to accept the fact that I stutter 
yeah. and that it's not that big of a deal and learn to be more comfortable with public speaking and mm. talk on the phone and ordering at Subway or wherever the case may be. Yeah. And then, so I was making a lot of progress from the time I started when I would sneak into the building, made sure no one knew to my, my final, yeah, I, wow. like, I knew where the building was. If someone saw me go in there, I would make up an excuse why I was in there. Oh, um, I did, like, yeah, I was like a ninja when I would go in there. That's cool. Uh, to, to, to my final semester where, like, I would tell my friends, yeah, I got speech therapy today from, you know, two to three, but outside that, I'm, I'm good with doing whatever. So that acceptance, and then, um, so I graduated college in May of 2015, and I started my job in September of 2015 in, in, in a brand new city. And so the NSA, where the NSA met, was maybe five minutes away from my apartment. Wow. Yeah, it was very, very close drive. So I really didn't have an excuse. Yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I, I knew I wanted to go in order to, I guess, make, make, you know, make, you know, more progress in terms of like acceptance. Yeah. So I went to the NSA. Um, I went away. there. <laughs> didn't want to tell anyone I was going to this because I yeah. didn't want to. I just want to ch check it out. Uh, mate. Went there and got involved, and that two two and a half years later, I'm still really involved, and it's one of the best things I've I've done. Because when nice. I was in New Orleans, I knew the NSA was around, something I've I've known about for for a while, but I didn't want to go because I didn't want, I had the excuses of like, well, I'm only in town for a couple months a year, I don't want to get involved in this community, and then dealing with traffic and parking and every excuse in the traffic. book to not go to well, NSA. Traffic. <laughs> well, but then, and it's like, I'm, I'm only here for a couple months out of the year. I don't really want to explain what this is and why I'm going to it. Whereas in Baton Rouge, where I lived, it was right down the street. Really had, like, and I wanted, in order to make sure this progress that I was making in speech therapy was, was real, I wanted to go and just be there and then with then again the community of people that get it because when I went to that first NSA meeting it was the first time I met someone my age that stuttered ah. like in my ballpark so it's like okay you get it too of working and dating and all this other stuff that yeah. comes with being if only a, I had a, that a, one out your age <laughs> yeah yeah nice so was that cathartic as well? I can only imagine. Oh, being being with people that truly get it, like yeah. that, that get it, and like I can say I was on the phone today, and I stutter on every word, and they're like, "Yeah, that sucks," but here's how I I can over how here's how the, my strategies for for those situations, or mm. or like I ordered at Subway Day and I didn't start at all, and they can you know celebrate those because they get it. Yeah, and just being with that community. That truly gets it. Yeah. And then going to the conference in July was <laughs> my, it was it was my first time going. It was just overwhelming in like the best way possible. That was this past July, the one in yeah. that that in Dallas. Yes. Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah. And how was it for you? That's about eight hundred other people that stutter in one hotel, like taking over like the, the majority of the world right. in that hotel so yeah would you like to share to share to share that yeah definitely it was it was weird because <laughs> i got there i knew i knew one person going going uh, 
And so I went there, and I got to my hotel room, and I thought to myself, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm naturally an introvert. To be surrounded by people 24-7 was not something I really wanted to do, not something I liked doing. But I knew I had to go. Mm-hmm. And it, it forced me to get, to, to get out of my box and, like, mingle with people and meet people and talk to people as opposed to just running up to my room and watching whatever on TV. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was also great to have conversations with people, like these real honest conversations about everything. And it's one of probably the best conversations I've had. And, and it's with people you really don't know or know them for only a couple of days. And, and I think what I enjoyed the most was to was be with people, one, that pe- people would get it, but to, two, to not be in the minority. To yeah. be in the majority for the first time. That was probably, probably you know, my biggest takeaway. I wasn't the odd one out for, 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 for once. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a weird weird experience, but definitely I plan on going back this year. Um, if those who haven't gone want to go, highly suggest going. Yeah. Well, uh well, uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet. meet. I'm, pl- I'm planning to go as well. Oh, awesome. Be my first time attending Chicago. So uh, for listeners, yeah, we stutter.org. That's where you'll get all the information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's the week of July 4th. I think, I think it's the 4th to the 8th. Or, I think it's the you know, 5th that to the 8th, something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now you've mentioned uh, earlier that you also write for the Mighty, which is yes. a pretty popular website, or rather, it's an online a pub publication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very positive one, I believe. Uh, I've yes. I've only come across a few times um, where it's all about disabilities, people with disabilities, um, m- making things happen. Uh, can you tell me uh, what kind of other feedback have you had? I know that you've written quite a lot of articles for right. for them. So, uh, yeah. So, what's like being uh, an author for the Mighty? Uh, so, I see my, you know, my articles published. Uh, I try to publish something every couple months. Uh, the feedback I get is usually from you know coworkers or friends or family saying, "Hey, that was a you know, really great insight. I didn't know about that," or just like. Wow, like I'm, I'm you know, proud of you that, that you're able to write and to see how far you've come. Probably, but probably one of my favorite comments was when I, the letter to my ten-year-old self was published. I had someone write on the Facebook group of uh, this. This is what I want my son to know. Uh, this was coming from a mother who did have a ten-year-old that stuttered, and she's like, "This is what I want him to know. Nice. Thank you for writing." And to know that I had that impact on someone, worth it. Yeah. Like, thank, that's what why it's writing's cathartic for me, but if I can influence and have a positive impact on people, whether they stutter or not, that's that's what makes it worth it, and that's why I enjoy oh, yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah, and and that's something that I've mentioned on this show a lot of times, where we're living in an age where anybody can reach out mm-hmm. and change someone's life through right. the internet <laughs> regardless yeah. if they're living in the same geographic location you know you never know who you're going to touch yeah it's i think very very awesome yeah that was probably my favorite one of my favorite comments i've ever gotten in yeah. terms of feedback for my writing yeah 
So what does the future hold for the author of Dear World Dies Daughter? What uh, other, other plans do you have? So now that you have this book published, what's the next step? <laughs> uh, find a job. <laughs> find a job. Besides that. Um, I have a few. Um, I, I don't know. Actually, and, yeah. And I like having like a plan laid out and I, I know what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I don't know what the next step is. Yeah. I, and I'm okay with that. Nice. Like I don't, I don't know, but I'm open to whatever happens. What kind of what kind of work are you looking for? Uh, so the what I'm looking for right now is a lab type stuff. Uh, that's oh. what I did at my old job, and I have a a few pos applications in with a uh, a hospital lab in in the in the, the, the New Orleans area. So hopefully those pan out, and I get get something. I hear back from those soon. If those don't pan out. Um, we'll, we'll reassess. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not really sure, and it's I'm okay, and it's it's good. It's good. I'm open to whatever's going to happen. It's going to happen, mm -hmm. and it's going to be good. Wow. In between jobs, I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> oh, I mean, I am. Yeah, I am still like kind of a nervous wreck, but it's okay. Yeah. Nice. It's it's this isn't the worst thing I've been through. Yeah. True. So, where can where can listeners buy a copy of your book? Yeah, so it's on uh, Amazon for paperback and Kindle, and it's on uh, BarnesandNobles.com. Oh, nice. Yes, nice. and it's also available on um, Albrus. I believe it's the name of the site, ah, and Alibus. some other other a different a third party uh, websites as well that yeah. I don't know the name. <laughs> but but uh, Amazon is the best bet because yeah. it was all self-published, edited, formatted, all by me. Yeah, I really should get my book on there. <laughs> Mine's is all uh, printed myself, packaged myself, mail it myself. This oh, wow! Myself. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> you just put it on Amazon. <laughs> it's Amazon. But yeah, it makes everything easier. <laughs> it, it made it made the process a lot easier yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> so where can listeners uh, contact you if they would like to contact you? Yeah, so um I have a Facebook, but I try to keep that uh private. Yeah. Just from yeah. my, my personal self. Yeah. Uh Twitter, um at James Hayden forty eight is my Twitter handle. Uh you can email me at uh dearworldistutter at gmail dot com. Those are probably your your best two uh, ways to contact me. I also have a, a blog that I post most of my writings on, as well as publish them on the Mighty. But that I really don't, don't check all that often, except to to, to post something. So uh, my Twitter and my email address are your best bets, and both of those are located in the back cover of my book, A Dear World I Stutter. What's 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 the address to your blog? Uh, it is. I'm well, about this right off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, it's a stutteredblog.wordpress.com. Uh, yes, I see. Now I have your Twitter open right here. Stutteredblog.wordpress.com. In case yes. my ah, you know, over like happened right when you were saying it. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's one I, of those I, I don't know off the top of my head. I just have it uh, saved on my a, a desktop. Yeah. 
I, I don't know what it's called, but I don't. Write it down because technology is great, but it doesn't last. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I'm just scrolling right now, and I love um, an open letter to the letter H. Yes. I remember that, seeing that a few weeks ago when you first contacted me. I said, now that's a blog post. <laughs> yeah. The letter H was a difficult one. Would you like to uh, share a bit of um, storytelling about that? Yeah. So uh, the, letter to, uh, the letter to letter H was the first thing I wrote after I published all my books that is not available in, in, in Dear World I Stutter. Uh -huh. But I find it it is the mo it's the sound I struggle I have most difficulty with. And it's ironic because um you answer the phone with hello. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my last name is yeah. Hayden. Uh I worked my, my first job was on a street called Hesmer. I went to school in Hattiesburg, oh, Mississippi. The main street <laughs> in Hattiesburg, Mississippi is Hardy Street. Uh, my apartment complex when I was in college started with an H. Uh, it was uh, Hillendale Apartments. You were cursed. It's like, of course. <laughs> so, so I for the longest time I would just like uh, 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 avoid them. Like, like mm. Hayden, I can't get, I, I can't avoid saying my last name. Yeah. That's just no way around that. But hello, I'll say, I'll answer yes. Or when I was living at my apartment in on Hillendale, I would say, "It's on Lincoln Road, right next to the Winn Dixie." And there's a, there's <laughs> I a used gas to do the station. same thing. I would I use every descriptive yeah. a place in landmark to say where it is. Yeah. And then if they still don't know, I would like you know stutter it out. Or, but I found that I only worked so for so long because then I would play dumb and I would look yeah. dumb and say, "You don't know where you live." I do, but I just don't want to go through. <laughs> With everything, and then with Hardy Street, I could just say, "Oh, it's right next to you know the the Pizza Hut and the Seven Eleven when describing where place was." Because Hardy Street was is the main a uh, street in Hattiesburg. So, yeah. yeah, I was like, of course, oh, like nice. the one letter that I need that I needed the most was the one I struggled with. Yeah, <laughs> and then because that's my luck. And then um, another piece I'm working on right now, which I hope to be finished in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm writing an open letter, open letter to the phone, because Ooh, for me, nice. that was one of my biggest, and to a degree, it still is my biggest uh, thing, that and drive-throughs. Oh my gosh, drive-throughs! <laughs> yeah. But for, for the longest time, whenever I would, you know, talk on the phone, if I had to, I would go in my room, I would write out a script. Like I would say, hello, this is James, and I need whatever, whatever, or I would like to order whatever, whatever, and have a script if they say, well, like what they could ask and the possible response. Yeah, like, it was a, it was a process, and then I would do relaxation t t t techniques. I wouldn't talk on the phone if I was around people, mm. but now, now I'm, I've evolved to like I can pick up the phone right now and call someone, and if I stutter, fantastic. If I don't. Fantastic as well. Not too concerned about it. Good, good. And then uh, the drive-through. I've I've had my driver's license for seven years. I think I've done a drive-through maybe seven times in my life. <laughs> just well, if it's I, any, oh sorry, I just avoid them as best yeah. I can. If it's any consolation, I just realized I haven't been in a drive-through in maybe a decade. 
Oh wow! Like holy max! Like not not because I was avoiding or anything. Right. Like yeah, when was the last time I was at a drive-through? <laughs> For the most part, it was me avoiding, and that would be uh, my big thing at the NSA meetings. Was I wanted to do a drive-through? I wanted to do a drive-through. So I got back from uh, the NSA conference. I was coming home. I needed dinner, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? First this is like the see. perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So right went after a drive-through. Yeah. Right. Uh, Everything came out correctly. I think I stuttered a little bit, but you know, no big deal. And I was proud of myself that day nice. for doing that because <laughs> that was a big, a big thing for me. Did the food taste a lot better too? Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> Any parting uh, words of encouragement for listeners? Um, this is what I close out my alert to my ten-year-old stuff with. Uh, just remember, you always were, always are, and always will be so much more than your stutter. Great stuff. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you. And that was my chat with James Hayden, author of the book, Dear World, I Stutter, available at many fine websites that we've already mentioned <laughs> your best bet as james said is amazon um that's it for today's episode thank you for listening i want to hear from you coolstutter at gmail.com record what five minutes of audio up to five minutes uh, using the voice memo app on your phone and 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 e and 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 email it to coolstutter at gmail.com and i'll play it on my next episode well, until then, write letters to your stutter. <laughs> Ciao.